This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible-reading, gun-toting, Air Force veteran, wife and mom, righteously American. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the program. Guess what? Lots to cover today. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, if you are one of the people who supports us via Patreon or PayPal, thank you so much. I know there have been many of you who've reached out and said, hey, how can I support the show? Well, we appreciate you doing that. And for being with us today, I want to welcome everybody into the live streams that we have going on and also the podcast listeners. Uh, super excited to have you guys here and to have everything going on as well as we've been able to kind of pick it up and make it happen. Um, so today on the show, what are we going to be talking about? Well, Jeffrey Epstein, um, of course, he has died by whatever kinds of circumstances we can, uh, you know, he's, he's no longer with us, but he also has, uh, this Island where many, many people have, uh, taken a little trip out there and, uh, been able to kind of do whatever they want, uh, or whatever it is that he offers to them. And so it's interesting because the FBI decided to raid it finally. And I say finally, because I'm, I'm a little surprised that after all this time, this is when they decide to rate it. Like they decide to rate it now after he's actually passed away. What, what were they waiting on? Do you think? Uh, so we'll talk about that. It's a dozen, a dozen FBI agents. Um, also big story out today is video of Chris Cuomo equating the word or the name Fredo, Fredo, however you pronounce it. He equates that word with the N word. Now we're in podcast world now, in case you guys didn't know. So I can pretty much say whatever I want. Um, and I got, you guys know I'm not going to, but I went online, uh, early this morning, wee hours of the morning. We had a big thunderstorm last night. And so I found myself, um, well, I was wide awake and the power kind of flickered. And that's when I kind of woke up and then I was like, what's going on? So I, I, was just, you know, I went downstairs and I started actually, this is weird, but I started gathering up stuff that our son had put on the wonder list because, you know, we dropped him off at college and now he's starting to realize I forgot this, I forgot that. And since we're going to be back down there again this weekend, um, he's putting stuff on the list so we can bring it down when we bring his sister down. So I actually went all the way around the house and gathered up a whole bunch of stuff that he'd said he was missing. And while I was doing that, it just occurred to me to take a look on the like top 100 podcasts in the country. So I did. And I noticed a lot of them have to do with true crime. Um, so they're recaps of criminal cases. Some of them are cases that are unsolved. So those are super popular. And then I noticed there's a, this huge market, um, for podcasts where the people on there just literally, they talk some serious, like they're, they're disgusting. They're explicit. I mean, there, there's a market out there for that. So, um, and if you're experiencing latency, you can, and latency on Facebook, if you're having problems with a podcast right now, you can head over to stacyontheright.com and get all the podcasts you want. Like that, there, we don't have latency over there. So check it out. Um, so anyway, I noticed there's a lot of people who do a lot of cursing. So that's my roundabout way of saying on a podcast format, I can say pretty much anything I want. But then we have to remember that I have, uh, you know, affiliates that are picking up the show. And this is still a Christian show. We were in the religion Christian. Um, we're also in society. I mean, there's a d- bunch of different uh, like labels for the show, politics, etc. So I'm not going to be doing that. But this story about Chris Cuomo, he lost his ever loving mind, you guys. He whatever mind he has, whatever mind he's been blessed with, because he is an attorney. So clearly he has some intellect. Um, but whatever mental capacity he has, the parts of his mind that help him maintain control over himself, he let go. He just let all of that just is gone. 
And um, he got so angry. Now, I know for a fact that Frito is not the Italian equivalent of a slur that's equal in uh, severity to the N-word. So we're going to talk about that. And then Sarah Silverman, you know, she's a she's a comedian. Um, she's of Jewish descent. And she is also someone who is hardcore lefty, hardcore abortion supporter, and someone who really she gives cover to the left. If if leftists do anything what that that's reprehensible, Sarah Silverman will take that represent reprehensible behavior and she'll justify it through her comedy. And what I find with her is that she's really reprehensible because she's never found anything anybody on the left would do that she would say, okay, nah, that's no good. Like it, the lower they go, the the more fun she has defending it. So it's interesting to see her get literally bitten by the very same demon that the left has unleashed on everyone else in America. And that is political correctness. It's bitten her pretty hard and she's complaining about it, which to me is just, like so funny because somebody who's a comedian should write some bits making fun of her complaining about what's happening to her because it's leftists who are doing this to her. She's saying it's something else, but it's leftism. That's what's bitten her. So we'll get to that as well. Right now, um, I want to point you guys, com is where you can find out more about me and what we do. My columns are there. Um, and then also... You can go to Twitter and Instagram, Stacy on the right, and hit the follow button, hit the like button. Um, you know, let, let me let me hear from you. Let me see you on there. Tweets, all that stuff. Super appreciative of those. So let's dig into the encouragement for today. So um, this week's encouragement segments are all encouragement segments. They're about encouragement. And we need this. I can tell you I need it. We all need it. So let's get to it. Joshua 1.9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord, your God will be with you wherever you go. Do not be afraid. So no fear, no discouragement for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. So it's not a, he's with me at home. He's with me at church. He's with you everywhere. No matter where you are, he is there also. You can be encouraged. You do not have to be afraid and you do not have to be discouraged by your circumstances, by the people around you. Because, you know, let's face it, a lot of people are going to people and, uh, well, every person is going to person. You know, that's my little slogan there. People are going to people, which means people are going to act like people and that's 100% of the people. Like, cause we always tend to like separate people off and then we get super disappointed and, and deeply hurt and offended when a person that we've set outside of the herd and said, that person's special, they're above reproach, they never make mistakes. And then that person really hurts you and you're like, I can't believe they did that. You got to believe it because they're a person and people are going to people. So no matter where you find yourself or what people are peopling you at the time, you know that God is with you and you are not to be discouraged, even when it seems like those people are winning or vanquishing you or, or uh, they're over the top of you and, and they're pressing you down. They can't do that to you because God is greater. Uh, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Deuteronomy 31, 8. So God goes before you. He's with you. He'll never leave you. He will never forsake you, meaning give you up to whatever is, is oppressing you. Do not be afraid. Again, the Bible's telling you again, do not fear. Do not be discouraged. Do you see a theme coming on here? Got what God is telling you? I'm with you and I've gone before you to prepare the way. So no matter how treacherous it looks, no matter how fast the wind is blowing or the gossip is flowing, no matter how hard someone's attacking you, no matter how it looks like that person or that group is preventing you from your promotion or repairing a relationship or people who are literally, you know, up in your marriage or up in your relationship with your kids or whatever, no matter what it looks like, God has already gone before you and prepared the way. And so you are to keep your eyes on him and keep going forward. Um, and sometimes going forward means letting some of those people go. Like you can't have them in your life because they're a stumbling block to you, but that's another encouragement segment or something like that. Uh, so that's Deuteronomy 31, eight. And then the last one, second Corinthians one, three through four, praise be to God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of compassion and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles, not some of your troubles, not the troubles that are too big for you to handle, not the troubles that, you know, aren't covered by Oprah and Dr. Phil, all the troubles, every trouble. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So when someone is down and out and feeling discouraged, feeling afraid, you can say to them, don't be afraid, don't be discouraged. God goes before you and he's with you. 
you don't feel it right now. Your circumstances look awful, but let me tell you how he did this for me. And then you share with them how God brought you through. And that lifts them up and brings glory to the father. And it's obedience, which means you'll be blessed. Woo. I'm loving that. So that one is 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4. And you can always find the spiritual encouragement, the actual scriptures that I've shared with you. If you want to copy and paste them and send them as a tweet or text them to somebody, you can always go to listen.stacyontheright.com. That is the podcast site where you can see the notes and the links to the stories that we cover during the show. So I hope you're encouraged by that. Now let's get to this raid. Um, uh, first of all, okay, okay. Whew. What were they waiting on? Like, so I just, I'm, I'm, this is where I am. This is where I'm going to be for just a few minutes. I'm going to sit right here in this spot. The spot that I'm sitting in is why are they just not raiding his place now? I mean, hasn't he been in custody for a little bit or were they waiting on him to tell them something and now they can't get that information. So they just went in hot. So this is over at the daily mail where they're reporting that you've got like speedboats and, uh, 12 FBI agents, they pull up in speedboats, they roamed the ground in golf carts, and this is two days after the suicide. Again, what were they waiting for? Like, can you imagine them waiting? Like, do you you know how they came up on all the people who were under investigation by Mueller? They got raided almost instantly. We're afraid they're going to be a flight risk. Yeah, right. Old people, flight risk where? Well, where do they think they're going? Um, So the FBI agents were seen raiding his... U.S. Virgin Island, Little St. James Island compound on Monday morning and and in the afternoon. At least a dozen agents disembarked speedboats at the pier and then drove around the 71.5 acre grounds on golf golf carts. 71 acres. That's a good sized little piece of land, isn't it? I mean, obviously, islands are always small, um, but I always think in terms of like, six acres or or even 24 acres um, because, you know, you'll have a, a whole subdivision on 24 acres. You, it's, 24 acres is, is an amount of land that you can kind of be in one spot and see almost all of it if it's not, you know, if there's not like a mountain running through the middle of it. So uh, this is like, wow, that's almost three times the size of a regular little subdivision, not a big subdivision, but a little one. Other officials with FBI lettering on clear display were then later seen overlooking the sea from the top of his remote luxury home that's on the island. The raid comes, uh, well, you know, it's two days after. An onlooker told Daily Mail TV, I'm on a boat charter with guests. We were enjoying lunch when we saw over a dozen people landing on the island. So that makes me wonder, are there other, I know it's his island, but are there other, like, are there restaurants on the island? Like, how's that work? Um, unfortunately I'm not of the, the means yet where I'm considering purchasing an Island. Like I've never looked to see how many islands are for sale. How much are they? Um, if you buy an Island, does it come with lots of buildings or does it come just land and you have to build everything yourself? Like, how's that work? Um, the home is dubbed pedophile Island or orgy Island. And of course it's at the center of this ongoing sex trafficking probe. Um, Obviously, you've heard about the allegations against him with the underage girls and, and you know, abuse and all of that, which is so, so disturbing. Um, so that's that's kind of the story there. So I guess my my big question, as always, I'm always I'm always wanting to know, like the methodology behind it. And maybe someone will report on that and we'll find out. Um, but it's just interesting that. First of all, they waited until now and that they only sent 12. I mean, and 12 is, listen, 12 FBI agents, that's that's a good size contingent of people. I would never want to see those kind of numbers coming at me for any reason whatsoever. And I'm saying that as a person who, you know, I've told you guys before, we've been on the uh, FBI agent assisted White House tour. So you get to go in some of the back hallways that aren't a part of the general regular tour and the FBI agent takes you through and he gives you, you know, some extra details and facts you don't get on the regular tour because as an FBI agent, FBI agents have access to more of the White House than your regular run of the mill public servant or or anybody else really. Um, they have access. So they take you back into some areas. You get to see the Rose Garden, the, the, the Rose Garden from the windows that that part of the White House where it borders the private hallway 
where all of the photos on the wall are chosen by uh, the president. So FBI agents are great people, but when they're coming at you with those black jackets on, it's no fun. But still, 70 acres and only 12? Interesting. All right. Stay there. We'll be right back. Tom has been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. I was really starting to worry. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. You're not wired to have a response to this sound. You're neutral to it. And you can hear it repeatedly without feeling anything. But when we introduce a new stimulus, save the food, we've achieved pulling a natural or inborn response from you. Save the food, because 40% of all food in the US never gets eaten. Save the food. Cook it, store it, share it. Just don't waste it. For tips and recipes, visit SaveTheFood.com. Brought to you by NRDC and the Ad Council. This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her Mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hope you enjoyed your meal. And I just want to say, he's lucky to have a brother like you. Lucky? Caring for my brother is far from easy. But he's a part of me, like my arms and legs, so I'll be his. No time for tired. Nothing can disable this love. He needs me, but I'm the lucky one, even though I need help now and then. If you're caring for a loved one, visit aarp.org slash caregiving for care guides and community. Support for your strength. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Okay, man, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. Cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments, because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Show the world that you're tougher than tough. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. If you love them enough to listen to them practice the same song on tuba. Please be done. Over and over and over and over and over. Then surely you'll check nhtsa.gov slash the right seat to make sure they're correctly buckled in the back seat. Sounds good, honey. Check today at nhtsa.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Act Council. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right. <laughs> okay, look. So here's the deal. We now have to talk about um Chris Cuomo having like some kind of mental breakdown, y'all. Now I couldn't actually um I couldn't actually clip that audio for you because it was just so profane. It was honestly so profane that there was not much I could do. Um so well, I'm just going to tell you what happened. So you've got this Trump supporter, right? And he's just minding his own business. Um, and he approaches Cuomo and he wants to have a chat with him. So he, they're in public, first of all. Okay. So in, this is, this is super important because this goes to how people behave when they're approached in public. And, and I can tell you, I, I So there have been many times here in St. Louis where I've seen someone, I remember distinctly, we hadn't been living here that long. We'd maybe been living in the St. Louis area for about three years. And there was a lady who was on television regularly and she was super famous. She's not on TV anymore. And um, 
I, I was down in an area. We, we used to have a mailbox that, so it was not at our house. It was like a UPS store, a Brown store. And we had a mailbox there. And I was down there checking that. And I remember distinctly, it's a summer day. It's hot. I came out of the mail. It was called then mailboxes, et cetera, or something like that. I don't remember what brand it was. Anyway, I come out and she's walking down the street and I instantly recognized her from her face, her hairdo. She's on TV every day uh, on the, I, I believe she was on the, like the uh, six o'clock news, five o'clock news, something like that. So she's walking and I actually start smiling because I just couldn't believe I was seeing her in person, you know? So local news celebrity, before I could say anything to her, a guy was getting out of his car and he walked kind of across where she was walking and he said, hey, it's so nice to see you. I recognize you. You're on, you know, blah, 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 six o'clock news. And she was in the process, I guess, of she was talking on the phone, her cell phone or answering a cell phone call. And she turned to him and she said, yes, I am. And I am busy and I don't have time to talk to you. And <laughs> you guys, so... <laughs> I literally, I'm walking and I have like, like four or five little envelopes in my purse. I'm not, I'm not burdened. And I look over and in that moment, I just kind of froze because I was so surprised because she's so nice on TV. So he said, oh, excuse me. And she said, you don't have to say anything else. I'm on the phone. And so of course he's offended. So he kind of starts talking at her back as she keeps walking and he's like, you know, I see you on TV all the time. He said, I will never, I will never watch you again. You know, and she just kept talking on the phone and kind of, she tossed a couple comments back at him and said, I don't care if you watch, there's enough of our, uh, our, our listeners that we, we don't, we, you know, so they have this exchange and it's really nasty. And I, I'm standing there like rooted to the sidewalk thinking, uh, what is happening here? So then she walks right by me. And then I keep walking and I go get in, uh, of course, these were the minivan years. So I go get in my minivan and I was just so flabbergasted by what I'd seen. It kind of lasted with me for a few days. And so, you know, fast forward, it's like later in the week. And, um, this is back in the days where you would have, you know, you're making dinner and you got the TV on. And my husband, uh, turns, he gets home from work, turns the TV on and there she is on the screen laughing and talking. And he said, I always enjoy it so much when she's on there. And I turned to him and I was like, you'll never believe this story. So I tell him what happened. I'm walking down the street from the mailbox, et cetera. I'm in the Central West End. It's a bright, sunny day. And then, you know, bam, what happens? And he goes, not this lady. She wasn't like that. She's so cool. Like she's, she's great on, look, look at her. She doesn't act like that. I said, I'm telling you, babe, I saw her in person and she was like, this man, and he was like, well, maybe she knew him. I said, no, he said, I've seen you on TV before. You're great. And then she just launched into him and he, he was so surprised. And so after that, I mean, obviously we didn't see her the same, you know, on television because she's always smiling and professional, but she's, and so, you know, I'm saying that to say that I never expect people who are television people, when you meet them in person, I never expect them to be how they are on television. Okay. So that's the table that I'm setting for you. Now there's, you got CNN's Chris Cuomo. So CNN's Chris Cuomo, you know, he tries to act all hard on TV, but every now and again, he'll say something that's totally common sense. And I'm like broken clock syndrome. So he's in public at a shelter Island bar. Um, I guess the name of it is sunset beach. This is Sunday night. And this guy is confronting him. And he says, the, the guy's name is, that's the point with Brandon. I, I don't know if he's like a TV guy himself, but he says, um, he's asking for a photo and he thinks that Chris Cuomo's name is Fredo because he's an avid listener of uh, Rush Limbaugh and the EIB network. <laughs> so, so he says, punk bleep bleep from the right, call me Fredo. My name is Chris Cuomo. I'm an anchor on CNN. Fredo is from The Godfather. Now, if you are not a Limbaugh listener and you don't get into, he he nicknames everybody. He's just like Donald Trump. Everybody has a nickname. So he says they use it as an Italian aspersion. Any of you Italian, it's an insult to your bleeping people. It's like the N word for us. So they go back and forth and then Cuomo starts threatening the guy. I'll, you know, I won't read through that. And then, so it's a really nasty exchange. Now, first of all, 
Fredo in the movie The Godfather, he's not, it's not a racial slur. Fredo is the younger brother and he's not as smart as the older brother. The older brother ends up being the Godfather and the younger brother is like, he's not as good. Okay. Just to put it simply, he's not as good. So I got to say that that is not an equal slur. Like calling someone the inept younger brother is not the same as saying someone is the N word. Okay. So we know that that's not accurate, but Chris Cuomo has a, a an issue where he thinks anybody um, that says the same things he says about himself is wrong. So guess what we found? Because, you know, the Internet is forever. Apparently, Chris Cuomo called himself Fredo. He was being interviewed by Curtis Sliwa on his AM 970 radio show way back in January of 2010. And he said, he was asked about whether his brother Andrew might seek the Democratic nomination for brother, so, so for governor. So Andrew Cuomo's brother is the subject of the interview at one point. And Sliwa said, you Cuomo's, your family is La Cuomo Nostra. There's a group of people, politicos, who always hint they might run, but not necessarily plunge all the way. And they were they are members of La Cuomo. And then Cuomo says, Chris Cuomo says to him in response, well, who am I then? Am I Fredo? And he says, yes, exactly. So you better be careful that your brother Andrew doesn't kiss you on both cheeks. And then all of a sudden they take you out in the middle of the lake and like, where's Chris? And Cuomo, Chris Cuomo says, well, he kisses me plenty because, you know, he's a great big brother. So he called himself Fredo. It wasn't a slur when he called himself that. But when this guy who listens to a lot of Rush Limbaugh comes up and says, can I have a picture with you thinking his his name is actually Fredo? Now it's equivalent to the N word. So what was Chris Cuomo really upset about? Chris Cuomo is actually upset that someone listens to so much Rush Limbaugh that in their mind, his name is what Rush Limbaugh calls him. In other words, Rush Limbaugh has the power of his microphone to be able to name someone something. And Americans literally think that's their name when really he's insulting them. And so he was triggered bigly and he lost it. So of course, CNN has taken to defending him. What he was doing was defending himself. No, he made a fool of himself. He made a fool of himself. Now, is it okay? Um, of course, he has the freedom of speech. He's, a, he's allowed to say whatever he wants to say, but it makes him look like an utter fool. And I, I tweeted about it. I said, you know, he probably gets in a lot of fights at the grocery store because people can sometimes inadvertently offend you at the grocery store. And it sounds like Chris Cuomo is one of those people who, you know, God bless him. He just, a lot of people offend him and then he's ready to fight. It's just, it's craziness. It's utter craziness. Um, so, uh, I went ahead over. Oh, okay. People are talking about who was the oldest and who was the youngest. Um, yeah. I, people keep going back to the Epstein story. Apparently, uh, AG Barr said earlier today that, that as far as the co-conspirators or people who were on the island as well, you are not, you're, you're not. So if you were a co-conspirator or you had anything to do with Epstein's Island, you're not off the hook because Epstein is dead. They have enough information that they're going to be prosecuting people. So, I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't for one second think that you wouldn't still be prosecuted just because he's dead because they had to have interviewed him and gotten some information from him before, you know, the actual horrible event, whatever happened to him. Notice I'm not really calling it a suicide because you just don't have that kind of uh, synergy. Um, again, synergy in that all of these different things came together for this guy to kill himself when he was supposed to be on suicide watch. I just, I'm not a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, but I just don't buy it at all. Um, so it's, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. So now I want to pivot over um, Sarah Silverman. She got bit by her own demons, which her demons are that she defends the left incessantly. She is their one of their number one go to's uh, someone who literally creates not just news, but defenses, different kinds of defenses of things. And here she is. Um, here she is. So 
she was fired from a new movie for an old photo of her in blackface. Now, first of all, you guys know I am, I'm one of those, I, I'm, I'm nuanced. I am not someone who, so you have a, let's say you have, there's a, an image of you and you are dressed up. You're, so you're a white person and you're dressed up with makeup on the, so same kind of skin makeup I'm wearing. You're wearing that same kind of makeup and you've put it on. It's not black. It's the color of a, you know, black person, but it's not black as in the color black, like the color of the logo on my logo. My skin and my hair are actually black because it's a silhouette. So you're not wearing black with red lips, like blackface, like back in the day, Sambo and all of that. You are wearing skin makeup to make your skin that is pale the color of a black person because you are Beyonce or you are, um, maybe you're going to a party as Wendy Williams, whatever. That is not blackface. So if you as a black person, if any black person has ever been to a uh, an event and you were dressed up as, let's say I go as Princess Leia and I wear lighter makeup to help it, you know, I'm not, I'm not completely white, but I'm trying to lighten up a little bit so I can put on the two, the two, uh, you know, buns, one on each side of my head, you know, maybe they're, they're fake and I've attached them with bobby pins and I have on lighter makeup. Maybe I'm even using some of the spray makeup. It's like a liquid that's an aerosol form that you can get at Sephora and it can really lighten your skin up and it can also make you darker. So maybe I'm going as Princess Leia and you, my white friend, because I have a lot of white friends, y'all. I have a lot of black friends too, but I have a lot of white friends. So maybe one of my white girlfriends is going as Tyra Banks. And so she's got on the super straight wig with the straight bangs, kind of, you know, the model bob. Um, and she's got on some, you know, spray makeup that makes her skin the color of my skin. And we go to this party together. She is not in blackface. Blackface is when you are, as a white person, mocking black people by making them into a caricature. And this harkens back to before we had, you know, uh, integration and all of that. And blacks were routinely mocked for body shape, size of the rear end, size of the breast, size of the lips, size of the nose, the type of hair that black people have in its natural state, etc. And it was a racist representation of what black people are. Okay, it was meant to mock and demean blacks, and it was for the enjoyment of whites who were racist. So there's dressing up as a character that you like and love, and then there's blackface. Okay, so you might be sitting there and thinking, why did you just explain that to me? Well, if you understood that from the giddy up, I wasn't explaining it to you. I'm explaining it to everybody else who's about to get triggered because I'm about to say something that's going to trigger a few folks. So gird your loins. Sarah Silverman was not in blackface. Now, am I defending her? No. Mm-mm. So don't don't try me today, okay? I'm in a good mood. The sun is shining. Don't try me. Do not try me. Now, this woman who she believes things I cannot even, I just, I can't. But she's not, she's not guilty of blackface. She says, here's what happened to her. She says, The photo, which was snapped on the set of the Sarah Silverman show back in 2007, recently resurfaced and caught the eye of the film's producers. She says, I was recently going to do a movie, A Sweet Part. She's on the Bill Simmons podcast, and she's talking about this. And she says, then at 11 p.m. the night before, they fired me because they saw a picture of me in blackface from that episode. I didn't fight it. They hired someone else who was wonderful, but who has never stuck their neck out. It's so disheartening. It just made me real, real sad because I really kind of devoted my life to making it right. She wouldn't name the movie. In the sketch, Silverman's character wore a wore dark face paint to see whether it is more difficult to be black or Jewish. So this is one of those what if segments. She's doing a what if segment. What if I'm black? How do I get treated if I'm black in the situation? Or what if I'm Jewish? How do I get treated in this situation? Are people more racially insensitive to Jewish people or black people? Now, does that sound to you like she's mocking black people? See, this is where we get into deep, deep trouble because People are already turned off about race because everything's racism. And so if everything is blackface, even if you love Beyonce and you've been to every concert and you know, that's your business, you do do what you feel is best. That's your business. But if you love her and you want to go as her in a costume, you are not mocking her. You are actually showing appreciation for her. The same as if I wanted to go to a party at dressed as Condoleezza Rice. Maybe there's a costume party for uh, the Women's Republican Club and I want to go as Condoleezza Rice. And so I put on makeup that's a, a, just a hair darker than me because Condoleezza Rice is just a little smidgen, d- just a hair darker than I am. 
am I in blackface because I darkened my face just a hair just so I'd be closer in color to Condoleezza Rice? You know, this is the kind of stuff that ruins every other discussion. It's why we can't talk about anything having to do with race because everyone's busy punishing everybody else. And it's the liberals. It's y'all liberals' fault. It's you Democrats' fault. Own it. That's why everything's all messed up. And I don't like Sarah Silverman, so I don't care what happens to her, but she was she was done wrong. She probably deserved it, but she was done wrong. We'll be back in a minute. Hi, I'm your host, Smokey Cole Bear. Filling in for Smokey, because after 75 years of... Only you can prevent wildfires. Turns out there's much more to say. Nearly 90% of wildfires are caused by us humans being careless. Dumping our used barbecue coals willy-nilly. Guess the song was wrong. We did start the fire. That's why I respect Mother Nature and her trees, whether coniferous or new car scented. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. The average time a resume spends on an HR manager's desk is seven seconds, and most of them are tossed aside. Now imagine if one of those resumes belonged to Yasmin, who was... Living in a shelter, juggling three jobs. I had to be resilient. That's something that you can't teach. We rely so much on a resume, yet it could never tell the full story of someone who... Had to be independent and take initiative. And that's how I handle every project I get. Discover new ways to develop great talent at gradsoflife.org. Brought to you by Grads of Life and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. (coughs) When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Melissa from Michigan. I work an extra part-time job serving lunch at my child's school, but I still can't afford to put food on our table. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. Now we can't even pay for meals. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hi, we're the Goo Goo Dolls. We're fortunate that our daughters have what they need to grow and learn. But that isn't the case for nearly 13 million kids in the U.S. that struggle with hunger. Childhood hunger is a heartbreaking reality that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste and provides it to families and children in need. You can help kids in need in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately 8 million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SaveByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByTheScan.org. It could save your life. SaveByTheScan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Spacey on the Right. Hey, everybody. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Stacey on the right. And, uh, you know, if you feel so led, support the show. And StaceyOnTheRight.com. Don't forget to visit us there. And you can find the live stream there with no latency. <laughs> so, you know, no offense, Facebook, but no latency there. Um, and then also listen.staceyontheright.com. That's where the podcast is. And it's so great to have you here today. So I want to do a little catch up on a story that we mentioned yesterday which was the uh, Coke Foods ice raid. And so let me recap that if you're just tuning in today. Oh my goodness, programming note, I almost forget to tell you. Uh, so what I do is after the show is live streamed and we get done here at 3 p.m. Central, um, within about that first half hour in 3 p.m., I upload the MP3, so the audio file of the show, to the podcast site. And then people who have subscribed, it automatically downloads on a daily basis. Um But if I forget to do that, then you don't get it. And then a lot of people think, oh, she didn't do a show. And so they listen to the next day. So Friday's show is there. If you go to listen.staceyontheright.com, it's there. But you might have missed the download because on Friday I got done. um, I think it was like interfacing with our show engineer, Noah Chalaya, who's awesome, asknoahshow.com. And um, 
I got off with him and I don't know why because I had the window open and everything. I just got up from here and I went into the other room and then I started thinking about what am I making for dinner and I started talking to the kids and of course, you know, we're taking Miles to his new school the next day and so I got busy and it wasn't until 10 o'clock that night, Friday evening, I sit down on the couch again and we're watching a little bit of TV and I was like, oh my goodness, I haven't uploaded my podcast so I go, I just run in here and I got it up as quick as I could but I know there are people who are probably listening today and thinking, I wonder where you were on Friday. Well, I was here. I did a show. Um, but if you if you missed it, it was actually a really good show too. So if you missed it, it's there. It was uploaded that evening, but it might not have downloaded automatically for you. Um, and so if you, you know, if you're vacuuming or doing something later and you think, I, I don't have anything to listen to, Friday's show was actually pretty awesome and it's there and you can listen to it. So back to this. So we talked a little bit about this. I, I believe we covered this on the program um, that ICE actually raided a chicken processing plant and the plant is run by Coke Foods, which is not a part of the Coke Brothers network of energy companies, but it is still a Coke company. And they removed 243 alleged illegal migrants in two of the company's chicken processing plants. The local Jackson Clarion Ledger newspaper reported that 25 to 30 people went to the job fair in Forest, Mississippi. So, what am I talking about here? Well, there was there was this raid. 600 and some odd people were actually caught up in it. But out of the 600 and some odd people, a bunch of them were criminals. But that's not even the story here. The story is goes beyond the actual raid. The story is that the chicken processing plant pays $12 an hour, which is decent pay for the area. This is Forest, Mississippi we're talking about. So enter the American citizens. A bunch of American citizens are now attending this job fair trying to get the jobs that the illegal aliens just vacated. Forcibly vacated, but whatever. Camario Whitley, who's a resident of the nearby town of Morton, Mississippi, told reporters after leaving the building where the job fair was, he said, there were several positions available at the plant, including forklift operators. He applied for a job working at the plant's rehang table where workers hang frozen chickens. That job in particular starts at $12 an hour. He said, that's not a bad place to start and it can always go up. Now, this is one of the things that when people get, um, they get in my face and they get really upset with me. How can you be a Christian and be against people who are escaping poverty coming to America? Well, because the God's word says, love your neighbor. God's word doesn't say love everybody on the planet or love everyone in the world. It says, love your neighbor. And do you know why he tells us to love our neighbor instead of loving everybody? Because he knows us. He knows our frame. He knows we're dust. He knows we can't barely even love the people that we live with, let alone our neighbors. He knows loving our neighbor is such a huge stretch that he says, how can you love me who you've never seen when you can't love your neighbor? So your neighbor is Nabal. How many of you people, and yes, I said you people, but I mean it in love. How many of you have a neighbor that you literally, it is an effort. It's a part of your gospel, like the ministry of your life to be kind to this person. Now, I've been through my years. I currently have some of the best neighbors in the world. Like this is just a blessing from God. And I prayed for them too. Uh, before we moved in here, I prayed that the Lord would bless us with good neighbors because I have we, the last house we lived at our next door neighbor. She literally, she was a hellcat from the deepest, darkest parts of the pit. And she was my tormentor. She literally, every time I saw her and any chance she got to talk about me behind my back, she tormented me and we lived there for 10 years. And over those 10 years, I went from, um, Shock, awe, resignation, open hatred, uh, you know, praying and fasting to quiet resignation. Nabal, she's my Nabal. The Nabal, the one, the character in the Bible who called out David when he was on the run, just called him out, just a horrible person. Now, God loves this woman. She is a child of God, just like anybody else. And I've since come to a place where I kind of understand what it was about me that she hated. And I understand why she behaved the way that she did. But it doesn't change the fact that I live next to her and she she tried to make us living there horrible. Now, we did, we lived our best lives in spite of her, but it was still the truth. So why does God say love your neighbor as yourself instead of saying love the people who live two countries to the south of you as yourself and take care of them as your own? Because there is such a thing as family and God speaks to us about family in the Bible often. He says, if you don't care for your own, the members of your own household, you're worse than an unbeliever. The 
other word that's used in the Bible often is infidel. You're worse than an infidel if you don't care for those who are within your own household. So yes, you care for those who are within the four walls of your own household. But then you also care for those who are within the four walls of your, you know, your country household, your, your, your nation household. And so when we have homeless and orphans and the poor and people in prison, et cetera, et cetera, who are uncared for, it is being worse than an infidel for us to reach out and care for people around the globe to make ourselves feel good, to pat ourselves on the back. So we have something to talk about when we're, you know, stroking ourselves in front of everybody else. It is worse than an unbeliever when we say we're going to take care of the nation state of Mexico or the nation state of El Salvador or Honduras or anybody else. I don't care if they're marching 1,400 miles or 15 million miles to get up in here. I don't care what they're doing. If the law says in order to get into this country, you have to do one, two, and three, and they're skipping over one, two, and three and breaking in, but they're doing it out of love, they're still breaking the law. So it doesn't mean that I don't love God. If I tweet out over over the weekend, I tweeted out some um Zach Williams, if you've never heard his music, he sings some amazing songs, very, very uplifting and catchy, the kind of stuff you can, you know, walk to or play around the house when you're cleaning or doing whatever. And um, he has one that's called Survivor. And I tweeted the lyrics to that out because I was just feeling like, you know what, Lord, thank you. Thank you. And I just wanted to kind of put that into my Twitter feed. And um, someone tweeted me, well, you know, I'm having a hard time reconciling. You're saying you love God when you tweet such awful things about, you know, immigrants and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know what? Don't I, I, like I told him, don't have trouble with what I'm doing. First of all, cause I'm going to do what I'm going to do. It's my business. I don't answer to you, Twitter user. Second of all, um, I have every, I, I'm in the right. And I don't mean I'm Stacy on the right. I mean, I'm in the right. When someone is breaking the law, it is okay to point that out. It doesn't make you less of a Christian and it doesn't lessen your love for the father. It is okay to say that it is wrong for us to care for people outside of our borders before we care for those within our borders. It is wrong for me not to point it out, actually. So I'm not doing anything wrong by doing that. So this is a perfect case study and exhibit A, you know, whatever lingo floats your boat, this is the perfect example of what we're talking about when those of us who care about borders say that Americans do want to do these jobs. Americans do want to work at pork, you know, chicken pork processing facilities. And they're the number one offender, like besides farmers who want people to come out and pick strawberries and et cetera. It's the food processing plants that more, more often will hire these illegal aliens and bring them into work. Now, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm going to say something to you. The people that these illegal aliens are stealing the jobs from are they look like me. They're permanently tanned. Yeah. They they're 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 people at the kind of the lower end of the socioeconomic strata who if they could get a $12 an hour job with the possibility of moving up, driving a forklift or hanging chickens, they would do it. You know why? Because 12 bucks an hour beats the pants off 750 an hour or 250 an hour plus tips. $12 an hour means you probably might possibly, yeah, you're going to be getting some benefits, okay? You are looking at, you're you're in the land of possibly getting some benefits, which means instead of those horrible Medicaid clinics, you can actually take your child to a primary care physician, you know, somebody who's going to make sure that your child is up to snuff every year at that annual visit, and that's going to be covered by your insurance. And, you know, yeah, that, so don't, you know, miss me with this whole they're doing the jobs Americans won't do. What Americans are you talking about? And while you're at it, shut your lips because you're lying. And I don't have time for it. I, I don't have time to listen to you lie to me about what Americans won't do. Let me let me get to the rest of this because this, this is an amazing example. By 10 a.m., the day of the job fair, to fill the jobs at the pork, the chicken processing facility where 600 and some odd illegal aliens were just carted off. By 10 a.m., a crowd of dozens was on hand. Most were black and spoke with accents from the American South. A few of the people appeared white or Hispanic. This is the AP reporting, by the way, hardly a, you know, right-leaning news organization. 25-year-old Eddie Nicholson has worked in chicken plants before and said he was considering a return but wanted to see if wages had gone up. Plants in recent years had typically paid between 11 and $12 an hour, but Nicholson said he wants 15 an hour. Like Nicholson, many who applied Monday were chicken plant veterans. They understand the arduous and sometimes dangerous work of slaughtering, butchering, and packaging chicken. 
from hanging up live chickens to pulling off skin, cutting with super sharp knives, boxing up chicken, much of it done in near freezing temperatures. So this is hard work. The line moves fast and you repeat the same motions over and over. Cedric Griffith, Griffith of McGee said it's definitely hard. He's been working at McDonald's after getting fired from another chicken processor for missing too many days. He said, quote, you're going to lose a lot of weight. Nine times out of 10, when that week is over, you're tired. But the unemployment for the area is high. Wages in the area are low. From 2000 to 2009, the labor force participation rate in Mississippi dropped by 9%. Wow. So that leaves 494,000 U.S. born adults out of the workforce in 2019. So, you know, again, and I, I, I promise you, in no way should my comments here be construed to mean that I think that every black person is just dying to get a job at a chicken processing plant. You heard me. It's hard work. It's difficult. And people, you know, they miss days. Sometimes your body gets tired and you don't feel like going in. But to say that because people get tired or maybe they get fired for missing too many days, we need to bring a whole bunch of illegal aliens in here to fill those jobs. You know what? You go down to Mexico and fill some of those jobs as an illegal alien because you don't belong here if you have that kind of thinking process. Yeah, I said it. What are you going to do? You know, you can tell me to go back to where I came from, but I came from here. I know my history. I am generationally an American citizen. I come from a, a long line of people who serve this country in the military and the armed forces. And even if we hadn't served since one of my ancestors, known to me by name, date and time, was sold on an auction block in Charleston to a a plantation owner yeah i'm gonna say you need to go back to where you came from and if you came from here then just go back to around the corner wherever you came from but do yourself a favor and stop talking to me about how americans won't do these jobs because that's a bald face lie and i'm sick of hearing it and americans who happen to sport the permanent tan be they descendants of slaves or otherwise should not be disenfranchised from the opportunity to work and be a part of this economic marketplace because you have more sympathy for people who are not American citizens than you do for people who are. Cause that means you're not really in the family, doesn't it? It means you're worse than an infidel. It means you have more in common with people who don't speak English as their mother tongue than those who do. And those of us who do just don't have any more time for you. And that's why You get Americans in huge stadiums waiting on Donald Trump chanting, send her back because we're sick and tired of people who don't understand what it means to be an American being elected to govern over us or to put this kind of nonsense out in the public square and act like it's a fact. Federal data from 2018 shows that half of the meat cutters in the state were being paid less than 1223 an hour. You know what depresses wages? Illegal aliens. When they're employed and they'll take anything, they're coming from a place where they earn $3,000 a year and they're coming into a job force where they can earn a couple thousand dollars a month if they work full time. Of course, they're going to work for anything. Of course, they'll do anything and put up with anything to get that kind of money. They're not Americans. They have no standards. Y'all, I get worked up today. That's the end of the show. Um, God bless you from the heartland. Righteously American. StaceyOnTheRight.com.